Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, praise God. It's always an honor and a privilege to bring the Word of God to you, and I'm just grateful that you're there and listening and taking it in and receiving, praise God. It's always an honor. Uh, we've been over the last uh, you know, several months here talking about kingdom principles uh, on our Sunday services, and um, today may not be so much a kingdom principle as much as it's maybe a a kingdom insight, maybe, I'll just call it that, and uh, you'll kind of understand as we get into this. So uh, we'll dive right into the Word, and what we're going to do is we're going to go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go to chapter 16, please. 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, I'll get my notes all pulled up here, praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, and uh, I'm going to read, uh, starting with verse 5, actually this is a topic I actually really enjoy. So we're going to talk about door, doors of opportunity today. So uh, praise God. So uh, chapter 16, verse 5, and it says this, Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. Now this is, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth, okay? And he says, And it may be that, when I, uh, that I may remain with you, even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. In other words, I'm going to, I'm going to come hang out with you. It might be for a season, it might be a short time, it might be a lengthy time. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. In other words, I don't want to just kind of pass real quick. I'd rather hang out with you all and stay with you. Here's what he's saying. But verse 8 here, or pardon me, verse 8. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost for a great... An effective door, there it is, a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries, all right? So a great and effective door has opened to me. Now, uh, verse 9 of this in the New Living Translation says this, a wide door for a great work here, a wide door, he calls it. of course, he goes on to say, and many oppose me, a wide door. Ours is a great and effective door. Now, uh, the word door here, if you kind of look at a couple other references, let me just give them to you and then kind of move on here. But in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 12, it talks about a door that's been opened uh, to him uh, to preach the gospel. Um, also, we see in Galatians, let me, let me take a quick peek at that one. And it just says this also, it talks about an open door for the word, uh, for him to speak, amen, and uh, to speak on the ministry or the mysteries of Christ, you know. So uh, the point is these doors, okay. Now the word door here refers to opportunities, okay. In fact, the Amplified back in uh, chapter 16, verse 9 again, the Amplified translation says, for a wide door of opportunity, he just goes out and says it, for effectual service has opened to me there a great and promising one, and there are many adversaries, all right? So let's talk about these doors of opportunity, all right? So the word opportunity is defined as an opening or an occasion. A particular time speaks of a time, uh, a timeline, uh, some kind of a time, uh, timeline type deal, time, timeliness or something like that. I think it actually might even be one of the ways it's, it's worded. It means possibilities. It means a time, here we go, favorable 
for the purpose or the end desired. A time favorable for the purpose or end desired. Okay? So that's what the word opportunity is defined at. Now, most of us kind of have an idea about opportunities. All right. Now, uh, the word uh, in this verse 9 again in um, the message translation, it says it this way, a huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here. All right. But then he says it this way, there is also mushrooming opposition. All right. So as you can see, you know, that it isn't just an opportunity that comes, but also there's opposition. See, with, with opportunity comes opposition, all right? Um, and that's going to be our first part of this is looking at because a lot of times we, we, we miss some certain opportunities or we give up on opportunities because with opportunity comes opposition. I mean, we have an enemy. And anytime those open doors are there for you to move forward in, you can bet the enemy's going to try to knock you back or try to you know, get you to quit or, or just to get you to, to look at it wrong and then you just give up. So sometimes, you know, if we're, not, if we're not established in who we are in Christ in the sense of who we are, who our God is, and who our enemy is, okay, if you're not established in that, okay, and what happens is, is you start looking at maybe the pressure or the opposition here, is the way it's worded here, okay? You start looking at the opposition as if it's, it's a sign from God that you're doing the wrong thing, which it may not be, okay? Uh, you know, we, uh, some time back, I don't remember now how long back, but a gentleman did a, um, a message on different storms that were mentioned in the Scripture, Okay? And uh, his objective was to show you that storms come whether you're doing the will of God or not doing the will of God. And, okay, so storms are out there, and there's pressure that comes all the time. And you just have to understand that's how your enemy works. You know, the Scriptures bring out, in fact, we could turn there since they're real close. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I kind of quoted a verse out of 12, but we'll go to verse 11. He says it this way, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not, what, ignorant of his devices, okay? And this, it, it just talks about his head trips. That word device just means uh, thought, you know, messes with your head, messes with your thought kind of a thing. So it deals with head trips, okay? Because that's primarily what the enemy does. And so, uh, you know, we're not ignorant of that. And you can't be ignorant of that, you know, if you... Uh, if you're in any way, you know, ignorant of the fact that the enemy is just out there to try to mess up your day, okay, then what happens is, first and foremost, you don't resist like you're supposed to because, see, there's, there's two things that the Lord will not do for you, okay? I hope you hear this, okay? Two things that we know that the Lord will not do for you. He will not receive for you, and He will not resist for you. In other words, he ain't going to be, he's not going to be your receiver. You have to receive. He, now, he offers it, but you have to receive, and you also have to be the one to resist your enemy. Now, he'll empower you. He'll give you insight. He'll show you how to do it. He'll walk you through it, all right? But you still have to be the one to resist. But if you're not, you know, if you're not understanding and you're ignorant of, of the enemy's devices, then... First and foremost, you're not going to resist like you're supposed to. So then what happens is, with the opportunity comes opposition. And if the opposition comes, and, and, you know, and if you're 
going to look at that as some kind of sign from above, then what happens is you'll give up on your opportunities, all right? You know, many, uh, I can't even remember now who said it, but I believe it, was, I believe it was Henry Ford said it, and if I'm wrong on that, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure it was Henry Ford. He said a lot of people miss out on their opportunities because they show up wearing coveralls and look like work, all right? In fact, a lot of your, uh, you know, I, I kind of get off on listening and watching and reading uh, a lot of uh, quotes from famous people and stuff like that. I, I got several books on that kind of thing and enjoy it. You know, I actually thoroughly enjoy it, actually. And uh, there's a lot of quotes about opportunity in those things. And uh, most of them all deal with the fact, uh, you know, with people quitting on opportunities because of the pressure, because of the opposition, is, is how God would word it. You know, that's what the Scripture would word it. So here comes, you know, here comes an open door for you, but you, you begin to try to step through that open door of opportunity. But the problem is now here comes opposition. So you think, okay, well, that must not have been God, but it may 100% be God. It's just the enemy trying to knock you off of it. All right. So a lot said on that, but I think you kind of understand why now I said it's not really so much a kingdom principle as much as it's a kingdom insight. Okay. You just got to know these things. All right. So, um, the scripture tells us, I'm just going to maybe real quickly move uh, forward in this, but Mark 4 and verse 15 says that Satan comes immediately to take the word which was sown in the heart. See, it's, you know, here comes the word, right? Here, word's coming, here comes the enemy, right? Bang. Okay, he's trying to take, all right? John 10, 10 uh, says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. In other words, here comes life, here comes life abundant, but of course, here comes the enemy, right? To steal, kill, destroy. That's what he tries to do. So if you don't know who you are, you don't know who your God is, and you definitely don't know who your enemy is, then he continues to ransack your life, even though all kinds of opportunities are right there in front of you, but you give up on it or you, you look away from it or you pull back from it uh, because of opposition. The Scripture also tells us in Ephesians 6, and we spent some time in there just, what, a couple weeks back talking about the, the armor of God. And so I'm not going to go into all that, of course, but, but uh, it talks about, you know, you're putting the whole armor on. Why? So you can stand against the wiles of the devil or the scheming and the, the plotting and the, uh, the maneuvering, manipulation that he does, the deception that he does, right? It goes on a little later there in Ephesians 6, and I think that was like verse 11, but like verse 13, a little bit further down there, it talks about that so that we can stand. We put on the armor so that we can withstand, I think it says, uh, in the evil day. And it just means the day of pressure or the time of pressure. Okay, or opposition, another way of saying it. All right, so with opportunity comes opposition. You just got to know that, okay, uh, because you may miss out on a lot of great things. All right, a lot of great things that God has laid out there for you and me. We can walk away from those kind of things if we yield and, and, and cower to opposition. All right. So you just have to have the insight of knowing that, hey, you know, the opportunity, here comes, here comes the pressure, all right? Just stand your ground, praise God. Amen. Okay, uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, please. 1 Peter. All right, all right. 1 Peter chapter 4. I think another quote, I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, I think it was Douglas MacArthur, I think it was. Um, I believe it was, he said that uh, there's no such thing as security, only opportunity. No such thing as security, 
only opportunity. Amen. And what, you know, uh, I can't even remember now who said it, so I'm not even going to attempt it, but um, another statement right around there uh, brings out that opportunity and security are total strangers. Uh, you know, so if you're looking for some security, you know, when it comes time to an opportunity coming up, um, you know, some security that you're sure and all that kind of, every opportunity comes with a challenge, right? Every opportunity, um, really, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're, in a sense, taking a risk, okay? Um, you know, and your, your heart and, and hope, at least, you know, for those whom I'm talking to, um, you know, I'm talking to believers, right? I mean, for the most part, you know, talking to people who've, uh, you know, have known the Lord. Um, many of you have, uh, you know, have, you know, got roots in, in uh, you know, faith-type uh, teaching and ministry. And, and uh, you know as well as I do that when you're taking a chance on something, you're believing God and you're taking steps of faith, uh, you know, that your, your heart is that you're hearing God and following God and, and doing this right. And, and so there's always that little slight bit of, uh, you know, um, you know, you're taking a risk because you're believing you're hearing God, so you're moving out on it. Or you believe that was an opportunity, so you begin to step out on that. And uh, so with every opportunity, you just understand there is opposition, there is pressure, and uh, there is no security, okay, because that's the, that's the whole thing about it. That's why a lot of times people ignore the opportunities. Uh, they don't feel secure. Uh, you know, they're, they don't want to take a chance. They don't want to... Uh, uh, you know, have any risk involved, okay? Uh, but uh, you just you just can't you just can't yield that as a child of God. You you got to understand that there are all kinds of there's going to be opportunities come your way constantly, and you just can't you can't uh, back up from it. You can't give up on this stuff because a lot of times some of your great breakthroughs are in those opportunities. We could talk about business. We could talk about you know even in relationships. Sometimes it's a, it's a, you know, a risk, you know. Uh, even when my wife married me, okay, I, I didn't have the prettiest background, okay, and I, you know, I, you know, she waited for me to, to come to know the Lord, and I appreciated that. I, maybe at the time I, I, I maybe didn't so much, but, but now I'm grateful that she waited till I was saved um, to marry me. But uh, when she, she, uh, when she, before she walked down that aisle, and she's probably going to kick me for this, but when she walked down that aisle, before she did, she, taught, she had a conversation with the Lord. And, uh, you know, her, her conversation with the Lord was, Lord, if this ain't of you, I can walk right now. All right? And, uh, but she felt she had a word from God about, about the marriage, about me, and about our life together. And, uh, it, and, it's, and it has more than exceeded that. All right? But it was a risk, all right, marrying a guy like me. <laughs> Anyway, she took a risk, but, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, to the Lord, it was an opportunity. So uh, for two people to move forward in God and accomplish some things. So praise the Lord. So anyway, so I didn't mean to get on all that. But anyway, the bottom line is uh, with opportunity comes opposition, comes some form of pressure. All right. Now, First Peter chapter four, let's go to verse 12. And it says this, beloved, do not think it strange. Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Do not think it's strange. All right? In other words, uh, uh, it, it, in other words don't, he literally means don't entertain it. All right? If, if you really kind of break this down, uh, what he's addressing is no more drama. Okay? We're done with the drama. 
okay? Okay, don't think it's strange. Don't entertain this. Don't think it's some strange that you got, you know, the enemy's pressuring you here. All right, there's some fiery trial going on. I mean, who hasn't dealt with these kind of things? And don't think for one second that you're all done with these kind of things. Okay, anytime you're going to move forward in God, you're going to have some kind of pressure. It's, it's coming, okay? And uh, so you're going, to have, you're going to have pressure in life whether you serve God or you don't serve God. All right? So my thought is, okay, it's just a thought. Okay, I'm just throwing it out to you. If you're going to have pressure whether you're serving God or not serving God, then why don't you just serve God, you know? At least that way you got the, you got the empowerment you need to deal with whatever pressure you're, you're facing, okay? And uh, so... Uh, anyway, just a thought. But anyway, uh, let's, look at, let's look at this again. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. And that really just literally means some surprising, like somehow you're, you're taken back by it or all surprised or, you know, he said, just knock it off. I mean, you can't, there's no sense going there because that's how the enemy works. And if you're not ignorant of how the enemy works, then these things ain't going to surprise you. Okay, these things ain't going to seem strange to you, all right? And, and I think that we've done a pretty good job from behind this pulpit of telling you, okay, uh, who you are and who your God is and who your enemy is. You know, we've, we've tried not to steer away from all that. Uh, you know, I mean, it may not make for the, you know, the most fun messages sometimes when you're dealing with, you know, trying to describe how your enemy operates. But I think in, 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 in the longevity of things, you need to know how your enemy operates. It's just as important to know how your enemy operates as it is to know how your God operates and how you're supposed to operate as a child of God. All right, so anyway, so don't think it's strange, all right? Uh, Let me give you a few verses again. John 16, verse 33 says this. This is Jesus talking. He said, in the world, uh, you're going to have tribulation. This is what Jesus said. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of what? Good cheer, for I've overcome the world. In other words, I'm, I'm here to help empower you through it all. I overcame it, and you can overcome it, all right? But, he, but it, you know, you think about, you know, here he is letting us know in the world you're going to have tribulation. You think, thanks, Jesus. You know, I'm, you know kind of like, a, you know, did you really have to, have to say that? And it was like some negative confession or something, but it wasn't. He's just letting it be known. You know, if you think you're going to go along in life without some kind of pressure, okay, then you've, you've deceived yourself, all right? And he's just trying to let it be known. But listen, he said, with the pressure, okay, is the empowerment. So if you, will, if you will just lean on him in the midst of this, the one that overcame the tribulation, the over one that, that over, you know, that was the overcomer, all right, is on the inside of you. And he says, if you will lean on me when you go through your pressure, you can overcome whatever it is you're dealing with, all right? And that's a good promise, praise God. 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 12, I'm going to read verse, I think verse 3 and 11. Maybe I should turn to it. Let me do that real quick. 1 Timothy, excuse me, and I'm going to, chapter 3, 1 Timothy 3, and... See, is that right? No, 2 Timothy. I'm sorry. 2 Timothy. That's it. 2 Timothy. There it is. That looks more like it. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 11 and 12. And I'm kind of coming in the middle of it, but I think he says, Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what happened, uh, what persecutions I endured, and look at this, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. 
Yes, verse 12, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. It's going to come, okay? The word persecution, it's, it's primarily breaks down to people pressures. That's what that word means. Tribulation is more like uh, trouble pressures, okay? You know, and you kind of break them apart like that. that's why sometimes they're, they are a different word, but they still all spell one thing, pressure, all right? And primarily pressure from the enemy. He might use situations and circumstances. He might even use people, all right? And the idea is to create some form of pressure on you to get you to back up, quit, to, to not move forward where you should be moving forward in, to not yield to what God's trying to do for you. You know, all kinds of things. So, anyways, just showing you here, and, and really what I brought out um, is just showing you that, you know, the pressure's out there, okay? So, we don't want you ignorant of the pressure. See, with, with um, opportunity comes opposition. It's there, okay? Psalms in 34, verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but, but... The Lord delivers him out of them all. In other words, no matter how much pressure comes, no matter how much uh, tribulation, persecution, affliction, no matter how much the, of the demonic oppression or affliction or whatever it is that's trying to come against you, no matter how much of it, it says here you have a promise that God will deliver you out of them all. Now, that's Old Covenant and New Covenant. We have references to it, okay? And so... You know, we know what side we're on. We're on the Lord's side. So we know that with the Lord, no matter what we're facing, we can overcome it. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So with that said now, we're going to go to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 14. And then I'm going to shift gears here and I'm going to bring something else out. Okay. Now, I hope... Hope you're getting something out of this. Amen. Now, with opportunity comes opposition. Now, hear me, okay, as we're shifting gears. But with opposition comes opportunity. This is why you're never going to be without opportunities. You have opportunities coming all over the place, okay? See, every time the enemy raises up his ugly head, there's an opportunity right in front of you for God to show himself strong. So with every opportunity that comes, there will be opposition. But with every opposition also comes more opportunities. All right. Now let's show you that in Scripture. All right. So Acts 14, and we're going to go to verse 21, all right, and it says this. It says, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned then to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Those are mentioned again. Verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples there in those communities, right? Exhorting them, here we go, so in other words, teaching them, instructing them to continue in the faith. Now, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. And saying, here's the statement, we must through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. Boy, that don't sound fun. That, don't, that, don't, that almost don't even look like a refrigerator verse or anything there. That doesn't look like one you're going to want to hang on your steering wheel and, and quote and memorize. But it is a powerful statement. Let's look at it. We must, we must, talking about you and me, 
We must, must, okay, so if you hear the word must, okay, that's pretty serious, okay, we must through, and that literally means a channel or an act of movement, so literally like you're going through something, we must through many tribulation, persecution or pressure, okay, in fact the word is defined as pressure, this word tribulation, it's defined as trouble, hardship, persecution, or here we go, opposition, okay? So we must, through many tribulation or opposition here, enter, enter, and the word enter there really refers to as one going through a doorway, okay? Going through a doorway. So we must, you know, through, we're going through something. Here it says we're entering something. So we're going through the pressure, through the opposition to enter, here we go, the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, that's how you get saved. The kingdom of God, the word kingdom uh, refers to rule, reign, or realm, okay? So if you want God to move, so we're talking about stepping into the realm of God. When he's talking about the kingdom here, it's referring to stepping into a place of God, a, in a sense, coming into a, an atmosphere, coming into, uh, we could say, an environment of God. That's what this one's referring to here. Okay, so in other words, if you, wanna, if you want God to have place and move, it says that you have to, it says that we must, through tribulation, through pressure, enter into that realm. You think, well, that don't sound fun. But see, here's the deal. When it says enter, it's referring to a doorway, okay? See, what he's trying to do is get you to view pressure as a doorway, not a wall, okay? A doorway for what? A doorway of opportunity. See, with opportunity comes opposition. But with every opposition, every bit of pressure that tries to war, war against you, see, through that, you have all kinds of opportunities now. Now, I have heard for years people say, well, where are all the signs and wonders of, you know, back in Moses' day or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's day? Where are all the signs and wonders that Jesus, you know, when he was there? I'm telling you where they all go. They all go out the window. You know why they go out the window? Because nobody faces anything. Nobody deals with anything. We don't, we don't press through anything. So we quit and give up because the pressure's on. See, if we would just stay put, stay locked in, that's what he's, he's encouraging the believers here. He's saying, if you would just continue, if you will just press through, then through that, you come into another doorway. A doorway of what? A doorway of opportunity for God to move. See, uh, uh, enter the kingdom, the rule, the reign, the realm, the environment, the atmosphere of God. You want God to move? Press through. Stop quitting. Stop giving up. Okay? View pressure, view opposition as a doorway, all right? As a doorway. 
all right? Not a wall. See it as a way into something instead of being held, held back from something. See it as an entrance, amen, and not just a hindrance. See it as a portal that you walk through. In fact, a lot of the references and these kind of things and verses refer to literally like a portal, like something you'd see like on a Star Trek or Star Wars or some kind of thing like that. They have all this science, you know, uh, you know kind of stuff, uh, you know, this... Uh, you know, kind of science fiction kind of stuff. And we think, oh, that's, you know, that's just the movies. But you have to understand, in God, this is how some of this really works. There's portals that you walk through, okay? And that's how we step from, from this place into the realm of God, all right? That's how you step into presence, all right? And, and then when you're in the midst of pressure, you have to understand, if you will, if you will, press through those moments, what you do is giving God an opportunity to do something. And you're then seeing God do something supernatural on your behalf. Amen. You might see a sign, a wonder, a miracle. Praise God. Get yourself, man, you know how the word talks about too, what the enemy meant for harm. All of a sudden here God comes on the scene and turns that thing around. All of a sudden, man, you're, you're on top. Praise God. And a lot of people quit. They give up in the midst of their pressure. So what happens? Okay, you end, up, you end up being the doormat for the enemy. You end up going without and then get mad at God or get mad at the church or the preacher man or anybody that's preaching anything that, you know, like we're preaching right now. Instead of just saying, wait a minute, you know what? I gave up in the middle of that. I, I didn't press through that thing, all right? I let, I let the pressure cause me to back up, all right? So you can't see it, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a hindrance, but as an entrance. You, you see it as a portal, not an obstacle. You see it as a stepping stone and not a roadblock. Amen. We see this as a doorway of opportunity. That's how we're going to look at pressure from now on. All right? Now, again, I, don't go out there and pray for more pressure. That ain't how we do this. You're going to have plenty of it. You don't have to pray for it. All right? So I'm not asking you to you know, to go out there and release faith for more pressure, all right? You're going to have plenty, all right? I'm asking you to release your faith, amen, to continue trusting God in the midst of your moment of pressure, okay? That's where you release your faith, okay? Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So let's go back to this verse 22 here. I'm still in Acts uh, chapter 14. All right, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Amen, to continue, there it is, to continue, amen, in the faith, to stay your ground, all right, persevere. And that, that word also means to stay the same, all right, continue in the faith. Of course, that word pistis again, right, which means belief, persuasion conviction, all right, reliance, your dependence, assurance, uh, trust, your confidence, all kinds of synonyms there for that word uh, faith. So now you think about this. So you must stay the same, study, study the course, praise God, with your confidence. Okay, depending on what we're talking about, right, there's a reason there's all them different synonyms for the word faith, okay, with your convictions, okay, with your trust in God, with your assurance and reliance upon God. Stay the course with your belief system. Amen. Don't back up. Don't quit. Amen. Now, you always are growing, always in developing, always coming into a place of more maturity and growth and development, no doubt about it. But, but when it comes time to, to staying put with your convictions, 
And with your confidence in God, your reliance upon God, you don't waver on that. You stay put because it's in those pressure moments that we find out where you're at, right? See, faith without works is dead. Well, that just, what that means, faith without some kind of corresponding action. So you could talk all day long, you're believing God, but every time the pressure's on, you quit. See, that's what he's talking about in James there when he says your faith without some kind of corresponding action, it's dead, it's lifeless. So you can't say you trust God, believe God, and then quit every time the pressure's on. This is the time that you find out, amen, where you let God shine, where you let, let the signs, the wonders, and the miracles manifest, praise God. But if we're going to quit all the time, we don't see any of that anymore. You know, I was uh, one of the things, you know, especially in this, and this is why, uh, one of the reasons that I, I enjoy this type of message, because, um, you know, you kind of look at things, you know, uh, you know your, your, your moment in pressure starts defining you, okay? Your moment in pressure starts defining you, all right? Um, you know, you think about this. Think about Daniel, okay? Now, a lot of, we've been spending a lot of time, uh, you know, in our midweek services talking about our patriarchs of faith, and we've done that the whole year so far. And, um, you know, so I don't know how many we've touched on, at least a dozen, okay? And, um, you know, you think about every one of them that we've even mentioned, okay? I was thinking of Daniel, for instance. When you think of Daniel, what, what comes up? Well, the lion's den. I mean, you can't really talk about Daniel without thinking about the lion's den. Well, why is that? Well, because the lion's den is what defined him. It was the opposition. It was the pressure. And what he did in the midst of that pressure that then gave a sign, a wonder, and a miracle that we go on, you know, goes on in history now, we look at him as, you know, we think about a man, great man of faith, a patriarch of faith, because he stood his ground even when he was tossed into a, a den of lions. I mean, that's what defined him. We, I mean, we know the man was a wonderful man. The guy lived it, breathed it, did it, prayed it. I mean, this guy was amazing. But every time you think of Daniel, what do you think of? You think of the lion's den. How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What do you think about with them? I mean, they, those guys did great things. But what do you think about when you think of them? You think of the fiery furnace, right? That's what we think of because it's what defined them. They're thrown in the fiery furnace. They didn't back down for nothing, right? They stayed the course. And as a result of it, look what God did. You want to know why we don't see those kind of things anymore? Because we quit. As soon as we feel the heat of the furnace, we're giving up, man. All right? How about, uh, uh, how about David? Okay, what do you think of with David? I mean, we're talking about King David who'd done great things. Now, he didn't necessarily do everything great, but, but, but he did a lot of awesome things. A man was a very passionate man for God. But every time you think of David, what do you think of? You think of Goliath. You think of the giant. Because it was, it was his confrontation with Goliath that defined him. Okay? I mean, we can go on and on. You know, Gideon and what he did with the Midianites, okay, and, and how he did what he was supposed to do. And that man started off being this kind of a coward, really, to be honest about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, he becomes this mighty man of valor because of his stand, okay? I mean, we got Nehemiah in, in building the wall, okay, and the pressure of all of that. But yet we, we can't think of Nehemiah without thinking about that. You know, the building, repairing and rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem there. I mean, think about all that he did. How about even Joshua 
I mean, one of the things that you think about, even though Joshua led the children of Israel all the way through every, I think, 30-some battles, 31 or 32 battles, and, uh, and, and then, you know, in the end, he has that, that great uh, you know, dialogue that, he, you know, he kind of, you know, just, just charges, for me and my house, we're serving God. But you can't ever think about Joshua without thinking about Jericho, about the walls of Jericho coming down. And what they did and how he stood his ground in that and, they, and that happened, that, ma- that miracle happened there. How about Caleb? And, you know, you think about him when he says, give me my mountain. What's he doing? He says, give me the land that's been promised to me. And the man's like, what, 85 years old? He's, and he's ready to take on anybody and everybody, praise God. And you can't, you can't help but think about men like this without seeing, you know, this, this kind of stay, you know, stick-to-itiveness, so to speak, this this continuance in their faith and their confidence in God. Moses standing, I mean, even though we see all that he did, and we're seeing him, usually what you're going to see is him standing before the Red Sea, lifting his hands, amen, and the sea parting in front of him. I mean, we can just kind of go on and on. I was thinking, you know, uh, Abraham offering up Isaac. I mean, you can't, I mean, think about that, okay? Wow, you know, Jesus and the cross, you can't, you can't think about our Lord and Savior without seeing Jesus paying a price, hanging on a cross for you and me. It's what defined these men, okay? Well, that's, no good, that's not going to be any different for you and me. What's going to define us, okay? That we, we lay down and quit every time? No, what defined us was pressing on, pressing through. Doing the right thing, doing the God thing, even when, when you know, everybody and anybody doesn't want to or, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's doing what's right, doing the God thing, following God regardless, all right? All right. And, uh, you know, anyway, I just, you know, these are just things to keep in mind, you know. So when you, you know, if you understand that with every opportunity comes opposition and with every opposition comes an open door of, of opportunity, all right, all right? So stay in the faith, it says. Continue in the faith is what he said here. Let's look at a couple verses before I let you go here. Okay, so 2 uh, Timothy, let's go back there again, chapter 4 this time. 2 Timothy, all right? And it says this in verse 7, this is what Paul said. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, all right? That's exactly what he did. That's one of the reasons that uh, Paul was pretty uh, a huge example uh, to us about how a man should live. And uh, here he is, you know, writing Timothy, okay? And if you recall, uh, at this time, you know, the reason, one of the reasons he's writing Timothy is because Timothy's got his back against the wall a little bit because of all the pressure that's going on. Um, you know, his stand for God now has brought opposition. And what Paul's trying to tell him, listen, this ain't the time to quit. This is the time you press through, all right? Do what you're supposed to do. Do what you've been designed to do. Keep doing the thing that, that you were made to do. He said, that's what I did. He said, I've, I've uh, fought the good fight. I finished the race, and I kept the faith, praise God. I kept going. And, and we got signs and, and wonders and all kinds of things. The man wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. Think of the great things that Paul did just because he kept going. Now, if he was supposed to, if he, if he was to look at opposition 
as a sign from above, he would never went anywhere. He wouldn't have done anything. All right? So, I mean, anybody, if anybody can give us that example, it's going to be Paul. All right? That even through the pressure moments, you know, not quitting, not giving up, amen, look what God did. All right? Let me give you one more. Let's go to 1 Peter, back to 1 Peter again. This time I'm just going to do, uh, um, let's see, chapter 5. We'll do that. 1 Peter chapter 5. All right. <clears throat> kind of in the light of everything, I think it's a good verse to bring out. All right. Um, let's go uh, verse 8. It says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Then say he's a, he is a roaring lion. Says he's like he goes about like a roaring lion. Just makes a lot of noise. Okay, trying to get you to, you know, manipulate and deceive to get you to quit and give up. All right, that's why it's a head game. Right, that's why it's 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 mostly mental warfare that you're dealing with. All right, so he goes on though. Resist him. It says steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And then it goes on. In fact, it'd be probably worthy of reading it knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, everybody out there is undergoing pressure. So don't just think that it's only you dealing with this, okay? Everybody deals with pressure, okay? It's just that when we're going through it, we assume we're the only one. We assume we're the only one going through anything. And that's a, it's a bold-faced lie, okay? Again, that's just another deception, okay? And uh, you have to understand everybody's going through it, but everybody gets their victory the same way, okay, by resisting the enemy, amen, and stay in your course, continue in the faith, as Paul brought out there in, 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 uh, in the book of Acts too, all right, that that's what you do. That's how we do this thing, all right? If you do that, amen, you then, through that pressure, you enter a doorway, a portal, amen, an entrance, all right? You enter then the kingdom, the rule, the reign, the realm of God, praise God, and watch God do a sign, wonder, and a miracle, praise God. So again, we'll close it with this statement, all right? Say the same thing I've been saying to you, and I hope you're getting it. With every opportunity comes opposition. You just have to know it. That's just the facts. But with every opposition comes another opportunity. Okay, and that's where we start seeing the signs of wonders and the miracles of God. So I'm asking you, don't quit. Stay the course. Amen. Watch God do something supernatural. Amen? All right. Father, we give praise and glory once again. We're thankful for the, uh, the word, these uh, insights we had today. Thank you, Lord God, for the many opportunities out there. Forgive us for the times that maybe we walked away from them or maybe looked away or maybe just ignored it or maybe somehow just didn't pick up on it. But uh, we know you're faithful and you're just to forgive. And we receive that. We thank you for that. But Lord, give us an eye to see it, an ear to hear it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Open the eyes of our understanding. Give us, you know, open up our heart, whatever it takes, praise God, that we might not walk away from these kind of opportunities anymore. So I give you praise and glory that from here on out, we take the opportunities and we press through the pressure. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. 
and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.